This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. This episode of 60 Cycle Hum is brought to you by Alexander Pedals, the sonic scientist behind the radical delay and the F-13 sci-fi flanger. Alexander Pedals are proudly introducing the first of their new deluxe series designs, the Super Radical! Unlike anything else available on the market, the Super Radical is a digital delay with four added effects. It also features tap tempo and expression control, onboard presets, and advanced USB and MIDI options. You can learn more about the Super Radical as well as the rest of their original and innovative lineup, including the upcoming Oblivion Vintage Delay at alexanderpedals.com. Hi, I'm Matt Lee from Keeley Engineering, and you are listening to the 60 Cycle Hum, the guitar buying, selling, trading, fixing, modding, breaking, reviewing, playing podcast. Hey, this is Ryan. Hey, this is Steve. Uh, you know what you're listening to because someone just told you. Yup. Uh, and there was a whole like intro song that said the name of the show. Yeah. And here we are. We're doing it. Uh, you have anything new, Steve? Um, yeah, yeah. I can talk about something new. Tell me about something so new. So last week... I'm so bored of all this old stuff. Last week we released uh, our little demo video, you and I and Arielle Levine, uh-huh. um, playing My PV Generation. Yeah. And I don't remember it ever sounding like that at any other time before. But I haven't had to play it in a while, so I was like, oh, huh, that's weird. Like, oh, maybe the pickups are just kind of like more vintage than I remember, like more... Uh-huh low output because we were comparing it to like humbucker equipped guitars and, sure. and the PV's got single coils. So I get home and I do a little research and like I read on a couple different sites that the output's supposed to be like around 9k. Like these are supposed to be like pretty high output single coils. Yeah. So I mean that is pretty that's pretty bitey. 9k yeah, for a single coil. And uh so so I'm like think now I'm thinking like oh maybe these were high output. Maybe something's gone sideways. And uh, I, so I plug in a cable and I put my meter on it and each pickup was reading like 19K. Oh my gosh. Um, so, I, and I opened it up and I come to find out that like a wire had come loose. So it was like running one of the, co- like running, so that it has noiseless singles. I think they're basically like stacked singles. Uh-huh. And on one of them, uh, the way it works is it like blends in like the the ghost coil for lack of a better term okay like the underside of like the stacked single the part that makes it a silent right yeah uh like it's like blended in i I don't really understand how their circuit works Uh uh-huh but because that had come loose from where it was supposed to be soldered to instead it was just basically running the pickups in series in like the worst way possible oh man um so that's why it was like is like measuring super high resistance which normally means higher output, but in this case, it just meant that like it, it was, was turned m- off. Turned off. <laughs> um, so it's actually really interesting to me that like when you threw on like a dirt box, it was like 
super so- pen- sounded really great. Super pinch harmonics. Yeah. Um, but I'm hopefully going to have some time soon to fix it because uh, I a lot of times, I if I use that as my main guitar, then I'm using it as my main guitar. And, uh-huh. and as long as something doesn't break, then it's fine. But you, a lot of times I keep that as my backup guitar. Uh, so if I have to like switch guitars mid-set for some reason, or even if I'm using it as my main guitar and something goes wrong and I have to switch it out, like now I've got to change everything because my bass tone is like just so low output right. uh, sounding and it's like so sideways. It just doesn't work. So um, I'm actually thinking what I may do is uh, throw together like a little non, uh, non-standard non video because fixing the thing is going to be really easy just set the whole thing up. Have my wife like sh- go over the shoulder with my iPhone. Sure. And where I'm just like, this is what it sounds like. And then flip it down, solder the thing, plug it back in. This is what it sounds like now. <laughs> it's going to be like a two-minute iPhone video. Throw it up on the YouTubes or something. Sure, sure. Uh, not branded or anything. Just like, look at this stupid thing that I did. Yeah, no, that's great. Uh, and hopefully, I don't know when that's going to happen. Um, possibly pretty soon, though. Cool. Well, uh, that explains one of the reasons why Ariel didn't like that guitar. Yeah, it doesn't explain any of the other reasons. Yeah, it doesn't explain uh, that it's black. Yeah. Or that uh, he doesn't like the neck, or uh, he doesn't like the bridge. He doesn't. <laughs> Ariel doesn't like any part of the guitar. Yeah. But then he also <laughs> loves the guitar. Yeah. Because he hates the guitar. Yeah, it's a love hate relationship. Yeah. Yeah. Next time I'll bring my Strat, and he'll probably hate that too. <laughs> <laughs> well, I got a uh, I got a new pedal. What pedal this did week. you get? Right? I actually got two, but we'll talk about the other one next episode, so we have content then. Um, <laughs> I picked up a uh, a Holy Grail, an Electro Harmonics Holy Grail, the original '90s version. Yeah, the big box that mm-hmm. comes in a wooden box for thirty dollars. Dang! On Craigslist Sunday afternoon, I got home. I was farting around, like checking stuff out. I was like, oh my gosh. Thirty dollars. That was that was posted ten minutes ago. Oh my gosh, it's in Mira Mesa. I gotta call this guy right now. So yeah. I called him, I got his address, and I like blasted out the door as fast as I could, like borrowing money out of my wife's purse, basically. Like, <laughs> I gotta go get this right now. Uh so the guy was basically like walking distance from my house. Like nice. I could have walked there in about fifteen minutes. Uh instead I drove, of course. So I was worried that there was going to be a million people at his right. door snagging this thing. And so I roll up. He's in his garage jamming with it, which is awesome because then you know that's the house. You know what house to go to. Is, you don't. You ditch the awkward, uh, ring the doorbell. Is Are you the guy for Craigslist for the thing? He's just in there jamming with oh, the dude, door. Oh, dude, I did that once. It's the worst. Yeah. And the dude like actually told his wife or whatever that I was coming. Uh-huh. Um, so she's like, oh... Oh, you're here for the guitar, and literally, like, she'd only cracked the door open like two feet, right? And it was kind of like it felt like a weird drug trade. Like, yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. He said for he said this, you know, the money. So it's like exchange, and like I just take the guitar. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> bye. So I feel like I got a super good deal on the this mm-hmm. Reverb.com claims that they are worth. In between sixty and a hundred, dang. Uh, which I believe, and this one's in pretty sharp condition. And you've got the power supply. I got the original power supply and the original packaging, so I'm pretty stoked on that. Uh, I recorded a demo for it. Maybe I'll publish it pretty soon. Mm. Uh, but I go through the settings. You know, it's it's kind of the thing where 
the Holy Grail was like a standout, gotta have it reverb pedal. Yeah, well, for the for, for so long, for a long time, it seemed like the market for reverb pedals was RV three. Yeah, RV five, both from Boss. Yeah, um, and then Holy Grail the was Holy like, Grail, like the alternative. Yeah, and. And then eventually the Line Six Verbzilla, right, right. Like those were that, and that was like the entire reverb market. Yeah, totally. Um, so it's cool to finally have one of these things. I always want to try it out, but now with there being so many reverbs on the market, <laughs> like I don't think this thing has a lot of value outside of nostalgia for me. Right. Like it's a cool looking box. It's nice and big. One great big hairy knob on it. You know, a switch for the three different settings. You got spring, you have hall, and you have a uh, flurb. Mm-hmm. And honestly, like flurb is probably the main reason to get one of these things, right? Because it's it just wacky. It's you know what? It's not wacky. It's subtle, but in like a very like okay, this is totally flanger on a reverb <laughs> and it's just mixed back there. So it's like not overpowering your signal, but you can totally like still use it, you know? So is the power supply you have, um, like the eighth inch Jack? Yeah. It's yeah. It's like the, the headphone huh. looking Jack. Yeah. I've never actually seen one of those. Yeah. It's a, uh, it's interesting. I wonder yeah. if I could sell the power supply Jack and make my money back to someone who needs maybe, but you know, the, uh, that pedal like takes so much power. Yeah. That, you might as well just keep it. I know, I know. Ah, oh, man. But it, I'm, I'm just start to get one for thirty bucks uh, after having wanted one for so long. I'm gonna have to do a reverb shootout with it too, for sure. Like against some other reverbs. Uh, should we uh, get into ads, or do we want to thank our new uh, pledger? Let's thank our new pledger now. We'll get it done with. Yeah, totally. Let's just get it over with. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. You want to do it? Sure. Why don't you do it? Uh, Luke, Duke Lukem, mm-hmm. Mundy, uh, joined the inner circle. Yeah, he did. You've heard us talk about him before, but now he's giving us podcasting advice. <laughs> well, he was already a pledger before. Yeah. And he, he just upped the amount that he was pledging, which pushed him into the inner circle, which is awesome. We totally just love that. So, uh, he gets all kinds of benefits now being in the inner yeah. circle. He gets to see all the nude photos that we post of ourselves there. All um, of them. All of them. Like it's not just the ones that we post other places. There's more. Yeah. Uh, he gets you know the normal merch package that you get when uh, you jo- when you join the five dollar, but you still mm-hmm. get that at the ten dollar. When we make new merch, you just get it. Right. It just shows up in the mail when Steve gets it in the mail. <laughs> what are you trying to say? And then uh, you know when you're in the inner circle. You get to uh, talk trash about other people on the Facebook group with us, and no one knows about it, which is awesome. <laughs> uh, you get to talk trash about other things going on on other groups and on other parts of the guitar culture because it's completely hidden. So it's like a secret little club, you know? Eventually, someone's going to like buy in just so they can like know what goes on in the secret world of sure. CC Cycle Hum. I'm down with that. So they can like sue us for... <laughs> libelous claims there are totally things going on in the inner circle that are worth suing us over yeah that's why you got to join to see this crazy stuff (laughs) uh what are the other perks i post episodes up to three hours early yeah 
sometimes you have you know you have a busy weekend like the uh-huh. next weekend so you even like basically you either upload a week ahead of time or three hours ahead yeah. of time but i also and because you only post three hours ahead of time the east coast is basically screwed yeah except for chris carter because he works the night shift um i post a lot of uh production stills and like a and preview stuff for the demo videos that we do yeah so if you are in uh, the inner circle, you already know what like the, the next, I think two YouTube videos are going to be. Yeah, you've and already seen one that is unreleased because we're waiting for the manufacturer to re- to basically announce and release this pedal. Yeah, it's a pedal that only industry insiders know about, as yep. far as I know. Yep. Uh, so there's secret information in there, and we should stop talking about this because it's probably boring people. At this yeah. Point. But yeah, so you know it, what we should talk about? What should we talk about? We should talk about Beers and Gears. Oh yeah, Beers and Gears was so freaking cool. Yeah, it was a ton of fun. Beers and Gears is uh we had our inaugural event last uh-huh. week. Um it's hosted by uh Coast Sonic uh-huh. at um was it called Bird's Eye? Yeah, Bird's Eye Kitchen. Kitchen in Encinitas, California. We had, I don't know, probably close to a dozen people there throughout the night. I I was guessing like fifteen. Fifteen, yeah, because people were coming and going. It well, was, you know, it was. I think that's still a good turnout for like a first. For yeah, for, for a first, first event, run. and it was freaking raining like crazy that it day. It was raining in San Diego, which is like the worst possible thing yeah, to happen. It if might you're as well an event. have been snowmageddon. It might as well have been fire and brimstone from yeah. the sky. Um, a biblical event because when it rains in San Diego. I was explaining this to Blake Wyland over text. <laughs> when it rains in San Diego, no one gets out of their house at all because they're like, this is my only opportunity to eat soup. I got, <laughs> I got to stay home. I have all this soup I've been wanting to eat. I need oh to stay gosh. home. I need to eat hot soup. And I need to look out the window and watch it rain. Yeah. It's all just, right, so, so anyway, it was, it was a great event. Yeah. Um, we had some really unique gear there. Of course, oh, yeah. Jody uh, from Coast Sonic brought a bunch of his inventory for people to just come in and check out. Uh-huh. So we're talking about like adventure audio stuff. Yeah. Um, I can't even think of all the different brands. Tomcat he has. Yeah. Um, uh, just a ton of different like fuzzes and whatever. He had a lot of crazy stuff. Yeah. He had some stuff from Alexander Pedals who's of sponsoring course. our episode. Um. He had the new some of the new Earthquaker devices line up. Yeah, um, just a bunch of different things. So if you're local and you can get out on a Monday night, um, you should come check it out. And even you know, I say local, like I think I think it would be worth it for someone to come down from Orange County. Yeah, yeah, totally. I'd there was someone it, there was someone there from Arizona. Really? Yeah. Well, we had a couple guys there from like Mexico. Yeah. I mean, I'm saying Orange County, Tijuana is way farther away than Orange County yeah. in, in travel time. Arizona is way further away than either. Yeah. Well, apparently those guys were already in town and then they saw the notice about it and like, we're here. Might as well go. Okay, cool. But it's still like really cool to have people just show up from out of state like, oh, here here we are. Yeah. Yeah. All right. We should stop talking about this. <laughs> now, if you're curious about it, go check out our video coverage of the event on our YouTube channel. And uh, subscribe, of course, to our YouTube channel. Let's get into some advertisements. Steve's you, know what, you know what kind of ad I want to do right now? Tell me what kind of ad you want to do. I want to do an ad. It's it's a certain... It, it's a ad that it smells a certain way. Okay. Um, it is an ad that, sm- that smells apparently dank. And ass. And ass. 
A combination um, of dank and ass. Yeah. This is one of the um, coolest, I have to say, write-ups. And, uh, we it's actually, a freaking book. Yeah. You know, it's actually funny. We talked to, talked about this a little bit. Uh, you know, I'll talk, say what I'm going to say right now afterwards. Sure. Uh, let you, me just read this. You're going to say what you're going to say right now yeah. afterwards. Dank ass Dan Electro U256, 100 bucks. Oh, I'm so jealous. I want this. <laughs> uh, except it's black. I know. Anyway, if, you, if you've clicked on this link, then you are in a strange position in life. Are you actually looking for a goddamn Dan Electro? I don't envy you. You probably convinced yourself that these guitars are kitschy and that they serve a function aside from looking unique because that is by no means why you want it, right? You're not in it for the looks. You want a guitar that sounds like a tin can had a one-night stand with a transistor radio. Mm, sure, keep convincing yourself. This guitar isn't going to make you Jack White, Dan Auerbach, or any hipster blues demigod, so you can go put that baby to bed right now. The best way to describe your foray into the world of intentional, low-budget guitar playing is that you're finding yourself. It's all good. You're just a young kid in college deciding if society has somehow suggested your sexual preference. And now you're experimenting to make sure you are indeed exactly who your mom and pa say you are. I digress, though. And you aren't paying enough for me to keep on with this psychology clinic. You're a special little snowflake, and we'll leave it at that. Let's talk the nitty-gritty. The deets. The lowdown, the one-two, the noise. This is a Dan Electro. I'm not saying that to be redundant. If you've played one, then you know what I mean. They all sound about the same. It probably has something to do with the fact that someone thought it would be wor a worthwhile idea to make guitars out of particle board, plastic, what started out as a pickup in a lipstick tube, and whatever else was on sale in the parts section of Sears Roebuck back in the day. That's the good news. They haven't figured out how to cheat you out of the legendary and almost tragic sound these guitars have probably because you can't cut cut costs any more than what they're pulling off and marketing to hipsters as vintage chic Whew. oh man are you even halfway through this thing i yet? am about halfway there <laughs> that's why i'm listing this at 100 because honestly they should never even sell for more than that somehow they list this model at around 400 new rest assured though this guitar is not new far from it in fact the aging process has been doing its thing for about 10 years on this old bastard. I should probably charge more for giving it that relic look because if you're buying this to look cool, then I've actually saved you the trouble of looking like a total poser by going on stage with a shiny new axe. It would look more awkward than a new pair of Converse. There are things that elude me about this guitar. The neck is still straight. The frets are unworn. That's actually not surprising. The action <laughs> is super low without buzzing, and it does a more than decent replication of that late 60s fuzz guitar sound with a decadent amount of drive, fuzz, and volume laid on it. The bad news, and of course there was going to be some, is that the input jack is temperamental and will need to be replaced. It's like $4 and two minutes of soldering, so clearly it's not worth my time. <laughs> it also needs new string, although I would not I would be surprised at how much of a difference that would make. It's always going to sound like you're playing cashmere. Uh, here's where we have our heart-to-heart, -heart, no judgment. I know you want this guitar. You're still reading this, which is just crazy to me. You are the person that is either looking for a fun way to spend 100 bucks, looking to buy your first guitar, or still recognize that today's music world still revolves so much around gimmicks and having a shtick that it's still not the most ridiculous thing to do to be rocking a poorly constructed hip guitar. If you have questions that aren't stupid, then go ahead and ask them. It comes with a gig bag, cash only, dollar dollar bills, y'all. But not really. I'm not taking a bunch of ones off your hands. <laughs> I gotta say... 
we've been playing around with the idea of having a like a blog uh, element to our show. Yeah. I want to hire this guy to write for us. Oh, this is incredible. Yeah. This is like this guy. This is like a two hundred and fifty dollar like write up right here that this guy did for his hundred dollar guitar. Yeah. <laughs> Um, this is a, a great write-up. $100, obviously a steal, even if you have to replace the output jack. These oh, guitars yeah. typically go two to $300 used. Oh, totally. Um, and this write-up is just like insane. It's so entertaining. Yeah. And it, it's well, well-written, too. You know what it reminds me of, of course, is uh, Jack DeVille's blog. Oh, totally. Over on uh, MrBlackPedals.com or whatever the hell that site is. If you told me that Jack DeVille had written that... I wouldn't have been surprised. I wouldn't believe you because I don't think there's enough F-bombs for this to be something Jack DeVille wrote. But I digress. Right. Um, what this reminds me of actually is uh, Buffalo Phil uh-huh. just uh, wrote, was saying how he sold something on Reverb and the person who bought it messaged him and said, I'm buying this because your write-up is ridiculous. Oh, yeah. I remember and that. I know when I listed my Chrome uh-huh. uh, on on Reverb, like I was just like, look, you you want this because it's Chrome. <laughs> like, yeah, here's a list of everything it does. But let's be honest. You need that sweet, sweet Chrome in your life. Yeah. You want something shiny. So sometimes like if something is just an absolute like even if something's not an absolute piece of garbage uh if something is like just you want to sell it and you want to like disparage the fact that it exists but you have like an entertaining angle to it like people are gonna be into that yeah um i feel like i'm i mean i'm guessing this sold really fast probably like because that price is again that price is nuts yeah that's flip city man that's like you want to hey i'm taking my lunch at 10 a.m you want to make 150 bucks over the weekend like yeah that's it um but at the same time like i i just love the effort that this guy put in yeah and it's not even you know i've written ads where i try to uh when i when i sold that fender strat uh-huh. The white one, the classic 70s uh, reissue. Everything I wrote was talking about how like, oh yeah, it's got uh, it's got new locking tuning machines because the old tuning machines obviously sucked. Right. Like trying to like justify the existence of this guitar. Yeah. Everything in this ad is like, in this Dan Lecture ad is saying, I don't know why this exists and I'm not even going to bother trying to justify it. You know what? And everything he says that's disparaging about the guitar in the ad, none of it's not true. Right. But it's totally like if you're into this style of guitar, it doesn't matter, you know. Like that's your flavor. Right. And Dan Electros are totally that style of guitar where most people are going to pick it up and be like, I don't get it. Right. Like I can't work with this. And then that certain like small percentage of the population is going to be like, this makes sense. I I can write an album now. I can write music now. <laughs> I can write my uh, my masterpiece. You know, like right. It gels with. You can them. write Cashmere Part Two. Right, right. I mean, we know two people who use them exclusively in their bands. Uh, you know, Jerry from yeah. from Red Pony Clock, and also uh, freaking Glenn from uh, from Soul Junk. from Soul Junk, and yeah. also he runs a freaking like. A recording studio and a vintage Dan Electro is his only jam. Right. Like it's all he plays. It's all I've ever seen him play in 15 years of watching. Are they still him. in San Diego? 
Yeah. We should get him on. We totally should get Glenn on the show. Right. It would be the first six-hour episode. <laughs> like, that guy does not stop talking. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Oh, by the way, this ad was sent to us by numerous amounts of people. Yeah. Uh, but f- the first person to tag us in it was Josh Scott of JHS Pedals. Yeah. Basically, every person in our Facebook group that lives in Tennessee sent us this ad. Yeah. Uh, no kidding. I think it was posted like... It was either... Uh, I think it was posted at least three times and private there message. Are, there like, are a couple people <laughs> several times. who didn't post it. They just commented with, Oh man, I was about to post this. Right. Right. No, I got tagged in it. Like in other people's posts, other right. places on the internet, like a bunch of times. Yeah. <laughs> Should we move on to the next ad? Let's do this next one. This is a Washburn Taurus five string. Oh my gosh. This Sorry. thing is such a piece. Washburn Taurus, five strings. <laughs> Two explanation points. They're asking $320. $320, bro. OBO, I bought this base with the head a little bit cracked, it getting out of tune all the time, so I repair it myself. Now it's just fine. You hold can on, come- hold on, hold on. It getting out of tune all the time, so I repair it myself. <laughs> this is what we're dealing with yeah. here. It's just fine. You can come and check it out. It has some yellow string. They are neon, so they will glow on the dark. This is an OBO. <laughs> this bass will play just fine. I have some videos in YouTube with it. Oh my gosh, is Skynet selling this thing? Did the internet I hope so? Did the internet become self-aware and learning yeah. how to speak English? Oh man, I, not to disparage anyone who English isn't their first language, but I don't know. I I don't know. This one just. Seemed like it was oddly written, and I think because of everything else going on, you're just you just tend to like lean a little bit towards that. Like, what what's, what what's are going you on here? Doing, are you what I'm getting from this isn't a second language thing. It's not a handicap thing. I'm getting a high posting sort of thing. Like this is a stoner special. Oh yeah. So here's the deal with this. Basically, this or guy drunk posting. Uh, apparently, the neck the headstock was cracked vertically. Yeah. Um, I, I can't even see the crack in the photo because it's covered by so much hardware. Yeah, so this guy used basically, uh, basically. three... <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> uh, used three... I, I don't know what this piece is called, but they're basically... Let's like, call it like an L bracket. I keep saying basically. I think of L as being like a different direction, though. It's a, These are flat. I would, but It's I, a 90-degree like zinc piece of hardware from yeah. the hardware store that gives you... Four screw holes, two on each side, uh, and he used three of these. Yeah, with uh, how many is that? Twelve screws in this headstock. Yep, to patch this crack together. So, and I see a little dab of glue coming out, <laughs> like by one of them. So he glued this, then probably viced it, and then put these things on there. I guess. It looks insane. Insane. Stupid. It Here, looks like something an insane person would here's do. The, here's the other thing, right? Um, this is, a, again, a Washburn Taurus five string. The last one to sell on the bay uh, sold for 150 bucks. <laughs> um, there are two four string models for sale right now. One, uh, one is auctioning. The auction is currently at $200. The other one is at 365. I'm assuming that 365 is a selling is like the starting price. Right, the retail. Um there are some different ones. 
uh, a lot of buy it now. It looks like maybe the the brand new price is like 470 or maybe 430. Now I think it's for the five string it looks like it's 471 is the like street price. But you're not going to pay that for one of these bases. I don't know if I've played the Taurus. I've, I've played, I think it's the XB70 okay. by Washburn. It's a solid, like, budget-friendly base. Yeah, sure. But with this headstock repair, this thing should be under $200. Uh, you said one cleared for 150 or something? Yeah. This should be $75. I, I could... This should I, be a repairman special. I agree. I'm just saying, like... I could see how somebody would be like, oh, it was like 450 new. This is bolt-on, right? So, no, I believe it's neck through. Oh, awful. Um, I could be wrong. I mean, this I think, is this I think is, I made it disappear. This is potentially salvageable depending on what kind of glue they used. Yeah, this is a neck through body. Oh man, so the whole thing is screwed. I mean, this isn't the most valuable base to start out with. Sure. And if this repair works, then it works. You can continue to play this base, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. I just... I can't... I couldn't bring myself to be seen in public. This is the kind of works where it works for you, and it will only ever work for you, or maybe one of your friends, when you decide to quit base. Yeah. And you just say, like, hey... You give it to your nephew. So this is, like, a perfect example, right? I've got Adam's Black Squire Precision Base. Uh-huh. Uh, basically because... Basically. <laughs> you're just going to keep saying that. <laughs> uh, because... He determined that it would be impossible to sell on Craigslist. That he wouldn't, right. he wouldn't get more than like forty bucks for it. That's so, ambitious. So he, yeah, oh exactly, more than that's yeah. that's the upper limit. So he should just give it. So he's like, oh, you can just have it. Yeah, I need to replace the strings on that thing so bad. Do it. Basically, they're garbage. <laughs> now you're doing it. I know. <laughs> yeah, this is a total disaster. This is the sort of thing I would, if I owned this, I would probably be fine holding on to it for recording purposes, but I would not play out of the house with this thing just out of sheer embarrassment. And I do a lot of things that would embarrass other people. Uh, <laughs> so that says a lot. Uh, and I've done a lot of bad things to guitars that I was fine doing, like showing off in public. Right. Uh, so like Big Red. Yeah. <laughs> What's wrong with Big Red? Oh, the pit guard <laughs> and, the, and the single hot rail. <laughs> In a weird position. Yeah. Okay. There are things wrong with Big Red. I get it. Oh, and, and the knob that's a uh, a guitar tuner, a guitar a guitar volume knob screwed down onto the... Oh, I forgot about that. Screwed down onto the tuner knob. I forgot about that. Yeah, Big Red's kind of a wreck. Yeah, yeah. You've got a, guitar, a string tuner, but the peg came off. Yeah. So you put a, like the, uh, well, not the peg, but like the... Uh, like the wings, I guess. I don't know what you would call it, but the part that you actually turn. Yeah. So you put a volume knob on there. Yeah, hey, it works perfect. Like I, crank, yeah. I cranked it down yeah. and it hasn't come off since. But it, it's funny. All right, let's move on to this next ad. Uh, this is an ad that I actually found like two days ago. Yeah. And it is still up on Craigslist, which I think means that this is still available. Interesting. Uh, I figured it, this would go pretty fast. Yeah, me too. But maybe this is like the signal of the end of the, or like the signal of product saturation, market saturation for this pedal. Um, it's the title is Joyo Pedals in Poway, California. Oh, you know what the uh, the Soul Foods sold. Oh, did it? That's yeah. that makes sense. So anyway, oh, no, no, it didn't. Never mind. It's still on there. <laughs> 
These are in excellent working condition by one owner. Bought new, not abused. Kept well, used for home studio application. All Joyo pedals, $20 each firm. Electroharmonic Soul Food, OD, $30 firm. Baiyang Delay, $30 firm. Uh, <coughs> 600 to 1,000 millisecond delay. Firm on prices, local only, no trades. So he has got a US dream a vintage overdrive, the American sound, the British sound, and the uh, the sweet baby overdrive from Joyo. Yeah. $20 each. New, these things are what, like 25, 35 bucks? Um, I think they're maybe a little more, like probably 40. I feel uh, like they're in the 35 range on on Amazon. I don't I don't know. I, I never I didn't bother to look it up. I looked at the used prices on these and like 20 to 25 is right. Yeah. Um maybe they should be worth a little bit more because you know if you're buying used online you're paying shipping. Yeah. But, you know, I don't I don't know. It, and then if the soul food that price is the lowest I've seen. Yeah, 30 bucks is like dirt cheap. Um this pedals the soul food is what sixty three new? Did the price go up? They jumped up to seventy, basically. So like basically to seventy. But weren't they? Didn't they start out like fifty five or something stupid like that? Or like sixty even? I thought they were sixty two, but maybe I mean, they were fifty five. They've been. We're, they, we're arguing over seven dollars. Yeah, they started out so cheap that it was like an a, the price is an afterthought. You just yeah. you just buy it. Yeah, no one was surprised when the price went up ten bucks right. or whatever it was. But uh, then. The resale on them has been really great, though. They hold their value. People, yeah. I, I think part of it is it's just not worth it for someone to ship something that is a decent pedal for under $50. Right. So these things stay in the $55 range to $60, mm-hmm. which is pretty incredible for a used pedal, um, especially for one that starts out so cheap. But this is just gr- crazy. Like you could have doubled your money on yeah, this. Easy. This, this delay is the uh, Biam uh, or Biang uh, time. I think it's called the time distortion. It's part of the Biang Baby Boom series. Yeah, they're these little blue pedals. They they made a bunch of different. Well, this baby one is blue. Pedals. I think all the baby booms, at least that I was seeing, were blue. Maybe really? there's some other colors. I don't know. Uh, but anyway, uh, all of these are actually. Well, I, I can't say. I'm not as familiar with the U.S. Dream or the British, but I, I've heard pretty good things about the American. I've heard good things about the Vintage Overdrive, and, I, and I've heard really good things about the Sweet Baby. Uh-huh. I actually texted this guy. I offered Did him you? 120 bucks for everything. Whoa! Um, and he said the best he could do was 150. Okay. So I just kind of let it go. Like I don't really care that much. Um, I was kind of looking at it as like if I can get these cheap enough where I can guarantee like a profit. And maybe even keep one of them, right? And like break guarantee a break even. If I decided to keep one of them, then we would have seven pedals to do gas and goes on. Yeah. Um. And uh. And that would be that. You know, really, what we should have done is uh, maybe if this if you have some free time, you should try to hit this guy up. I'll see if he'll do one fifty for you, and then just use money out of the podcast fund because we're going to gas and go. So it's a right, podcast right. investment. Uh, but I was, I was looking at it pretty hard and it's like, I didn't think I had time in the day to go get them. And it's like, I could demo all of these and then I could flip the soul food and then I could sell these and get the money back. But I just kept thinking, that's like a I, lot of work. I don't want to do the work to ship out $20 pedals. Right. Like, it's prohibitive for me to even do the work to flip these things. Hey, you know what these could have been for? 
What? The, for our contest, the, we haven't the announced contest yet? we haven't announced yet. Yeah, th- that's true. But I don't know. I feel like the the ship has already sailed on the excitement of these. Right. As far as demo stuff goes, I don't know. There's it's already the, there's already those, so many demos for them. You yeah. Know? It's one of those in the moment things where now you're thinking about it and you're just like, eh, whatever. But then I did end up driving out to this part of town oh. to like to go to Costco with my wife and kid, and on the way there, I was like. There was this really great ad out here today, and I was thinking about doing it, but I don't want to do it. And, and my wife was like, well, can you make money on any of them? Uh, yeah, I could probably make a little money. Well, call them up. Let's go do it. And I was <laughs> like, okay, okay, okay. And then as we're going, like I had this thought, and I had this, it's kind of like this guilty thought, like I should really let someone else get this one. Right. Like that was like the feeling I was having and I couldn't like get past it. And I was like, let's just not do it. I want someone else to, you know, get, get a score. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, we're getting, you know, we play a pretty freaking strong Craigslist game when we're on our game, you know, sure. and we've gotten some pretty good scores and the, we're the, in a, posi- this, this we're in a position a... now where we're very busy demoing things that are being sent yeah. to us intentionally. This, this isn't like a great flip score, but this would be a really cool uh, starter, even though I guess it is basically five over yeah. six, six overdrives in a delay. Yeah, it's a lot of uh, dirt right here. Uh, but you know, a lot of people have sworn up and down by some of these pedals. Yeah, obviously the Soul Food gets a lot of praise uh-huh. and accolades. But the the uh, the American and British sounds, people really love that. Uh, yeah, those are that like line their, of pedals. Uh, they're clones of the Tech Twenty One character series stuff. Uh-huh. And then the Vintage Overdrive is a Tube Screamer. Yeah. So if it happens to land in the territory of Tube Screamer, you like, then you're happy. Yeah. I forget what the U.S. Dream is. It's a Sure Riot. Really? Is what my understanding is. Okay. And those are pretty popular. Uh, and then the Sweet Baby, I don't, I forget what it is, but it's supposed to be super light. Overdrive, right? So probably very similar to Klon or something in that range. Uh, so yeah, all these are usable. All these are just fine, and the price is decent. I just didn't feel like uh, getting that score, right? You know? Oh, I guess the Joyo Sweet Baby, Baby, they think could be a clone of the Mad Professor Sweet Honey. Okay, man, they didn't even try to change the name on that. No, one. no, not at all. All right. Um, I think we're gonna shift gears here again. Yeah. Let's uh, uh, let's do this real quick. Um, do it for for those of you who maybe aren't like you listen to the podcast, but you don't necessarily follow a lot of gear uh, world things. Um, you may or may not have heard that this past week, uh, Nicholas Harris, who's mm, the the yeah. was the owner of Cattle and Bread Effects, uh, which is a great great pedal company. Absolutely, uh, one of the older um known I, boutique brand I, boutique brands i'd be willing to say that they're a modern classic pedal yeah at this point um was basically had a tree fall on them i guess they had some really nasty weather up in portland yeah and he was driving around um and got caught by a tree um so it fell on him while he was in his car is what i understand yeah um so uh it's a really big loss. A lot of a lot of the builders are bonding together, getting together. I know there's. Uh, it looks like there's going to be like a, some fundraiser auctions on Reverb. There's. I a, guess they're not. I don't know if it's an auction, but some fundraiser sure. gear donated to Reverb to sell off. Sure. Um, there's a GoFundMe. There's a GoFundMe. 
Um, so if you basically, I would, you know, if you own Catalan bread stuff, uh-huh. if you've ever thought about buying Catalan bread stuff, like, you know, take a couple minutes and, and look it up. We have the link on our Facebook group. You know, I should probably go in and hunt it down and pin it. Uh-huh. Um, make it the pin post for a, a week or two. Yeah. And, uh, you know, if I'm not trying to guilt trip anyone, if it's not your thing, then it's not your thing. But if this, if, you know, helping out somebody like helping out a family who's, yeah. who's lost, like a breadwinner is your thing, then, then check it out. Just think about it. Yeah. You know? It's, is you know, whatever goes to help them is going to, you know, it, it's expensive to, yeah. To deal with the loss of someone in your family, someone in your business. Like this is someone who's running a business and there's people left behind who are dealing with that and continuing to operate the business and figuring out what what things are going to look like. And, you know, obviously his family and they have to figure out uh, what's going to happen. So, you know, if if it's if you're the type of person who is in the place where you feel like giving this it's definitely a worthy cause. This guy, uh, made some really brilliant pedals, some really yeah. brilliant contributions to this whole scene that we're in. I mean, we can't ever stop singing the praises of the Topanga. Like it's just, it, in my opinion, it keeps winning reverb competition mm-hmm. after reverb competition over here. Uh, and he, they have so many other pedals that have been so incredible. Uh, yeah, it's it's a big loss in the community. So, yeah, we'll have the, the post pinned, or you can go look on the GoFundMe. Look at what Reverb is doing, and uh, you know, if anything, just go educate yourself about this guy. You right. Know? All right. Should we move on to the topic? Let's do a topic. Which topic are we doing first? Uh, let's talk about. Well, basically, both things we're going to talk about are things that we picked up at Nam. And we're finally getting around to covering them after mm-hmm. getting the chance to have some experience with them. So let's start with the ultimate ears. Sure. Um, so Ryan and I had the opportunity to work with uh, ultimate ears, uh, basically to sit down and uh, try out something that they're going to be launching soon. If they uh-huh. haven't launched already, I think they're already implementing it, but uh, it's you know it's going to be everywhere eventually. Yeah. Uh, and that is using 3D scanners yeah. to map the inside of your ear. So instead of having to go to an audiologist and like pay a bunch of money basically to have your ears molded or do one of these at-home goopy ear kits or whatever, uh-huh. uh, you would just go to the nearest Ultimate Ears uh place where it's not even like they're going to have they're going to send them to like guitar centers. exactly it's not like they're you have to go to an ultimate ear store they're going to have people who know how to use this uh scanning technology uh-huh. uh set up in like different places all around the country and you can go there and get your ear scanned yeah and then they will have basically like a digital mold of your ear um ultimate ears uh basically what they do is they do custom fitted in-ear monitors uh-huh um you can pick a bunch of crazy colors if you want. Yeah, you can have all designs kinds of different printed ideas. on them. Yeah. Uh, they have like ones with like wood print and whatever. Yeah. Uh, you know, I don't know if it's actual if it's actual wood or if it's just wood print. Uh, it they looked, looked pretty wild. They looked pretty legit to me yeah. in the in their display case over there. But yeah, let's talk about this freaking uh, laser molding. Yeah. Uh, you know, I you told me about going to do this. You did all the emailing for it. And I was like, oh, okay. I'm not really looking forward to getting my ears gooped on, right. on 
third day of Nam, but <laughs> you know, this is this is a cool opportunity. So we get there, they're doing the laser thing. I'm like, oh, okay, lasers, huh? They're gonna stick a laser in my pew, ear. Pew. They're gonna laser my earballs. Uh so uh you sit down and literally I think it took about like ten minutes, right? Yeah, at the most. Like I at guess. the most. You sit down, the person operating the little scanner. It's, you know, it's just a little a little wand that they stick in your ear with a little, like, lighted tip. Mm-hmm. And you get to sit there and watch on the monitor as they completely 3D scan the inside of your ear. Yeah, and they also do kind of, like, the outside part, too. Yeah, I yeah. I mean, you, they have to do basically everything you would do with a custom mold. Right. They do it, but they're not dropping, like, again, they're dropping the goopy stuff in it's your com- ear. Yeah, it's completely dry. Yeah. They uh, they have you clean out your ear and they look in your ear to check for wax buildups and stuff like that before yeah. you do it. But it's not uncomfortable. Like, I never felt poked or prodded, really. Right. They're just kind of, it's like someone swabbing a Q-tip around exactly. in your ear. It takes 10 minutes and then we got the in-ears in the mail, what, like a, a few weeks later? Maybe like two or three weeks later. And that was like they were swamped with orders after NAM, yeah, from what no I understand. Uh, normally, I believe like they their expected turnout time is a lot faster. Sure. Um, oh, every single every single chair at that booth was had someone sitting yeah, in it. Yeah, and getting a, a there are a lot of people like who are buying them that day who are yeah. like ordering them. Um, basically. Uh, basically. Dude. <laughs> Uh, Yui has a bunch of, of different products. They, they say that the process takes about five days. Um, I believe, I forget what the details are on their warranty, uh-huh. uh, but their warranties are really good. Um, wish I could find the, the warranty offhand, uh, but I'm not finding it. What we had to uh, try out were the UE7s. Yeah, uh, which is actually like one of their mid to higher end models. It was the model that was recommended to us by uh, their representative there. I say representative there. He was um, like their general manager. So he's uh-huh. like he was the main guy at NAM, from what I understand. Yeah. Um, if not the main guy, he was definitely um, up at the top. So um, and they had a rep there who we were talking to who's like, I forget his name, but he's like a professional like big church worship oh, guy. Oh yeah. Wasn't he yeah. from uh Saddleback? He he was uh, the I think now former worship leader at Saddleback Church okay. up in or- Orange County. So someone off that description probably knows exactly who we're talking about right now. Yeah. Um I got to say man, I we we don't have an in-ear system at our church. So we haven't been able to test it in the church uh, setting yet. I've played as a guest player at churches that use in ear, so I can talk about that experience in a bit. And when I get the chance, I will talk about that experience in the future, getting to use these in that scenario. Uh, but using these around the house, ha- well, first I got to say, I've got weird ears. Yeah, you, you really do. And I didn't realize my ears were weird. I thought it was just like, this is what everyone put up with. Right. But as I was sitting down and she was scanning me, she's like, Okay, your ear canal is really freaking tiny, and then yeah. it, and then it opens up really big after that. And I was like, that explains so much because regular earbuds and other like like cheaper in ear like you know not fitted things I've tried to use literally will not go in my ear, and I mm-hmm. have trouble getting them to stay in my ear. 
even like regular Apple iBuds, if I'm if I ran down the street, they would just fly out. Yeah, it'd, yeah. it'd be done. Like they don't fit in there right. And I've never had a a good fit with headphones, and especially if you try to use them on a stage, mm-hmm. like I did a uh, I did a guest spot at a church where they gave me you know the the normal off the shelf in ears. Mm-hmm. I couldn't get them in my ear. They were barely like hanging in my ear. Like if I stole stood perfectly still and then they would fall out if i moved at all and so i had to use like over the ear headphones and that is just it was just a terrible experience not even because of the fit but because when you're using an in-ear system a monitoring system there's lag right that you cannot perceive when it's coming through a regular audio monitor and it just drove me insane Mm -hmm. like listening to lag just drives me up the wall i can't I can't play through it. Right. So I had to put up with that and really just concentrate on what I was doing. Um, I don't, with these fitted in ears, not an issue. Finally, something fits in my ear, not just okay and not just well, but they like perfectly fit in my ear. Right. Like it's amazing how perfect like the laser fitting was like, mm-hmm. It's like when it when they get put into place, it like it suctions and becomes part of my body, basically. Right. Which is incre- an incredible experience. Uh, and then as far as, you know, like dealing with lag, because it completely suctions into my ear and blocks mm-hmm. everything, I'm literally using them right now and talking. No lag. Mm-hmm. And I know that the Zoom has lag because yeah. I use other headphones with it and I hear pretty decent lag. More lag than with was with the uh, the uh, the Tascam okay. interface we used before. I couldn't use regular headphones with the Zoom and do the podcast right now. Mm-hmm. But I'm totally fine. I've been using them this entire podcast. Yeah. And everything sounds great. And I feel like a superhuman because I can hear everything right. going on. Like on the block. <laughs> well, you've you've also been using them uh, to do your mic placement for the demos we've been making, right? Absolutely. If I use more than one mic on an amp now, I get to use these to check to make sure that the mics aren't out of phase with each other. And that's something I've never been able to do before. And it's been like a revelation for me. Yeah. And it, the, would I... I was surprised. I I got to use mine with the guitar actually for the first time at the Beers and Gears event. Uh-huh. Um, I've used them with headphone like little headphone amps before, and I will say like, um, like with my Black Star Fly Fly Three, uh-huh. I didn't think uh, the sound was quite right. But then from talking to some different people, basically, um, what I was told is that these types of headphones are really meant for like high fidelity situations. Right. And because most people have cheap earbuds or cheap, like cheaper side over ears, like really cheap headphone outputs are like designed for that. Right. Which tend to be like the, you know, we keep going back to the Apple ear pod because that's one of the things that it just it's, is almost like ubiquitous. Yeah. It's everywhere. Um, that's what I use at home, like when I'm listening to music on, on my computer or whatever, because they're just there. Yeah. And if my kid eats them, I don't really care. <laughs> um, well, you care because you got to go to the emergency room. Right. Uh, <laughs> so, but those are like super bass heavy and they don't have like a lot of like mid or high end focus. Uh-huh. They're just all like. Brrr. Well, that's because every, all music these days is just like. Womp, yeah. Womp, womp, so womp, womp, womp. Um, I've used the UE7s with. Uh, 
actually I used them even just with a iPhone to listen to music. And I started hearing parts of songs that I didn't know existed. Right. Because there's such a, so much like mid and high end clarity. Uh huh. Uh, that it just like sounds like the fidelity is super high. It sounds really good. But I got to use them with like a microphone set up the last time or the last time last week at Beers and Gears. And uh, it's I, the, what I was hearing in my headphones was exactly the same thing I was hearing when I took them out. Right. And not in the way that like um, where it's like, oh, well, you're just here in like the room. Yeah. Like I took one ear out and like plugged my ear and I could definitely I felt off balance because I was hearing really good in the one ear that I left unplugged. The other ear that I had like finger plugged, I wasn't hearing anything. And what I was hearing from the mic was, was from the mic source was true to what I thought I should be hearing. Yeah. So and that I, was just a fifty-seven. Yeah. So I know what I will definitely be doing is picking up a, a headphone tap and probably getting a small mixer uh-huh. because my bass amp at church doesn't run through the system. Right. And basically doing like my own kind of mini mix at church in order to use these, like test them out in the in a real live environment. Yeah. Uh, but so far, like I'm, I'm pretty happy with the results I've had and just kind of testing in, in different yeah. things. Um, I mean, I'd always seen people online posting their in ears, and I know they're, you know, I don't want to say very that they. This is not a, a normal purchase for most people. Yeah, they're pr- they're pretty, you know, like if you're just buying them for your own personal use, that's a pretty extra- extravagant yeah. purchase. The, the entry uh, level model, like the lowest model they have is $400. Right. Um, but again, this is like a custom fitting thing. I, I think there's some companies that, um, you know, I, I don't know, different companies charge different things. I don't know what all the prices are, right. but I know for ultimate years, their entry level one is $400. I, what I was, what I was leading to is like, this is a, this is a professional tool. Yeah. Like this is the sort of thing where if you make your money uh, on a stage or you manage, you make your money managing people on a stage and it is uh, within your, within your budget for your production, like this sort of thing is a no brainer. Mm -hmm. I totally, I totally get it now. Uh, Obviously we don't have in-ears at our church yet, but it's a possibility. So if we ever do, we've got the premium ones now. It's something that's been discussed and... And like I said, like I'm going to be what the setup that I should be able to do uh-huh. from what I've talked to to other people will effectively give me like a poor man's in-ear system. Right, right. Um, so uh, we don't mic the drums. So that will be kind of interesting. But uh, I I have a feeling that our drums are loud enough that I have a feeling they're going to go through. They're in the vocal mic just fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I'm really, again, I'm really looking forward to trying that out. And because of the quality of what I've experienced so far, that's pushing me towards like, well, you know, if, yeah. I, if I have to spend like 60 bucks to get the headphone tap and everything, like that's that's not a big deal. Um, there's, yeah. a, there's a few other features with these particular ones. Um, well, you can get just like uh, ambient features. Uh, you can get an optional cable with the inline remote and mic controls if you do want to use them with like uh-huh. a smartphone or some other kind of like device like that. The ones that we have are just basically standard. Basically, uh, dude, <laughs> they're standard headphones. Uh, they're standard in ear monitors, so there's no controls or anything on them. Steve is legitimately mad at me now over the basically thing. Uh, the ones that we have are the UE sevens, which are a triple armature design. Uh-huh. So ba- 
so they have these uh uh armature which i guess is like a speaker design it's, it's hard to describe yeah it's technology uh, i don't understand right yet. but it's, it's effectively like having three tiny speakers in an earbud or in this in-ear monitor so you get um an individual speaker for like high-end mid mid-range and for low end right uh so it's a pretty cool design i don't know again i didn't put a lot of research into what other brands are doing i'm just looking at what they're doing and like it's it makes sense why these things sound so good because they've done a lot of work on this yeah i mean it's pretty incredible i like i was, like I was saying like i've seen other people post them all the time and i was all i was always just like when i saw people posting oh i got my new in-ears oh uh, yeah that's that's an expensive thing to buy like I, right. I have headphones too why don't you use headphones i didn't get it and now right. i i get the purpose of these i get what they're for i get why people get excited about them you know it's you know it's an investment to get something like this mm-hmm. and it's kind of like getting eyeglasses you know right it's it's something fitted specifically for you it does a very. It has a very specific purpose, mm-hmm. and it has a, a professional quality and a personal quality that is important if this is what you do. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, I totally get it. I'm totally excited that we have these and we get to continue to experience them. And this is going to be like an evolving review from us. Yeah. Where as we get to have more experience with them, we'll get to keep checking in. Yeah. As I do like these different like situations, because I'll be using them both with bass and with electric guitar. Yeah. Uh, So I'll have a couple different scenarios that I get to play with them with. um, And we will continue to to update this as down the road, basically. Well, let's basically, (laughs) you can't get mad at yourself for that one, Steve. Let's cover this other product real quick. Uh, not super quick, but quick enough. Uh, it's called the Lock Knob. Yeah, we were contacted by Lock Knob uh, before Nam. They asked us to please come check them out and to tell our audience about them. Mm-hmm. They were gracious enough to give us two of them to try out. Uh, there are a couple different variations uh, depending on what kind of knob you need. It's funny. I have a I have a video that I put together. It's not published yet, but it will be up soon. Where I blindly like try to install these things okay. without reading the directions, like a dumb person. Uh huh. And without reading the directions, I completely installed one. Realized it was the wrong one for the thread. <laughs> uninstalled it. And installed the new one in about seven minutes. If I had read the directions, it would have taken me probably a minute flat to do okay. this. So you're uh, saying it's really intuitive. Yeah, it's 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 simple. Like once right. you understand it, it's simple. It's a completely reversible uh, thing to do to your pedal or your amp. You can put this on your amp. You can mm-hmm. put it on your guitar too. It is a knob. That's that, where I need it. Yeah, on your guitar. Steve has this look on his face like Eureka. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I think the other one that I have would fit a guitar. Okay, cool. So I'll hand that off to you and you can review it later. I put one on my DOD 250, my original little yellow box guy here. Mm-hmm. And this is a pedal that using it live, I've notoriously had problems with kicking the volume knob. And it's just, you know, it's something, it's a very sensitive knob. And if you tweak it at all, it really changes your sound. Right. Uh, the gain, not so much. I can roll the gain around with my foot, and it's kind of like 
it's just a little bit more, a little bit less dirt. But that volume knob really makes a huge difference. So you put this thing on and it grabs with, like, it's made out of metal mm -hmm. and it grabs with teeth. You can hear it clicking here. It grabs where you want the knob to be and just holds it there. You could kick this and it's not going to go anywhere. You know what it makes me think of is it's like it turns your, um, it turns your pot, like your knob, yeah. your volume knob in this case, into like a rotary switch. Exactly. There's, you know, like it's probably like a hundred different little teeth settings in yeah. here. Uh, and the way this works is you take off your original knob, you figure out which size thread you need, mm -hmm. and you use that, uh, that specific lock knob. You take off the bolt holding in the pot, and then you put the base of this around the thread mm -hmm. of the pot, and then you bolt it back down with the bolt from the pot. Okay. And then you uh, you you slide the knob part down onto it, and you hold down the little spring bit, and you just tighten it down with an Allen wrench, and you're set. Okay. That's it. You're good to go. Cool. Like it's it's really easy. I could take this off and put the old knob back on in a minute flat as long as I have that Allen wrench and I have a uh, pliers to take the uh, right. the hex nut off. And it's it doesn't damage anything. It's just right there. I could reverse this anytime I want, but it's totally stage ready. Yeah. And I'm not going to mess up my settings I, by accidentally I feel kicking like, it. So I'm thinking of like a couple of guitars. One, like the PV, uh -huh. uh, the knobs aren't really in a great positions for the way that I play. Sure. The volume knobs, so I'm always like knocking my volume down. Problem solved. Yeah. Hopefully. Uh a lot of guys who don't like strats, like that's one of their big complaints is the volume knobs in the wrong spot. Yeah. Well problem solved. Guys who uh are always reversing the control plate on their telecaster, again, problem solved. Right. Uh maybe, you know I mean the guys do that for different reasons. The strat knob is a notorious yeah. of problem. course the downside of all of this is if you are a uh volume roller then right you then you know you you're kind of stuck it's not for you but you know use them on amps use them on pedals use them on guitars yeah. use them on a freaking soundboard yeah you got a six-year-old yeah who wants to turn oh actually my kid could probably defeat it you got a one-year-old who wants to turn all your knobs problem yeah. solved and it's not like these other systems i've seen where it's like it cements your law, your knob in place. Right. It is stupid easy to pull that up and twist it. Yeah, you can still adjust it. So if you're, yeah. you know, using, if you're at eleven o'clock on one song and three o'clock on the next song, and and I don't know, whatever, whatever on the right. song after that, like you can still do that. You can adjust on the fly, no problem. Um, they don't look terrible either. It's yeah. a really attractive design. Uh, I think they come in a variety of of different finishes, but this one are, are silver. I'm on the website right now, lockknob.com, L-O-K-N-O-B. Uh, let me get to the product page. Uh, one of the things is, uh, like you're saying, like the knob actually looks good. Yeah. Uh, some of the systems I've seen like this, like they, they kind of just look like garbage. Uh, the way that they work, like that kind of spring action is, is really kind of neat to look at yeah to be honest okay they look they, uh, they come in silver they come in black and they come with a black sleeve with a gold insert for like a uh like a martial look so would you say um something about them being gold yeah <laughs> yeah the gold ones do look nice that those would actually probably look really good on the 250 uh 
but these all look they all look really classy they're not going to interrupt most looks on most products i think um price uh looks like they're about 14 bucks a pop but it's the sort of thing you can use over and over again and you know move it around to different pedals as you buy and sell pedals uh or your amp you know uh if you're looking to preserve your amp settings when you're going on the road and you know your knobs are going to get bumped around the whole time, this will do it, you know? Yeah. So it's definitely a product that uh, has a function. I'm excited about it. I'm excited to use this pedal live again and not have to mess up the volume knob. Yeah, they have some other neat products too. They've got a, a one called the Nut Hugger. <laughs> uh, basically, a lot of guys uh, aren't super excited about the taper on their on their knob like uh-huh. maybe it's t- it, it's too loose so like not so much the taper but like the the rotation rate so the design the way the nut hugger is supposed to be designed is to make it like harder to turn oh yeah i remember so that it's just kind of like a little a tighter thing and i know some some guys i've heard different people say like oh well my trick is just to put like a gasket underneath it and then put it down tight or whatever but this is you know probably something similar to those along being along those lines yeah i feel like this is a more of a the lock knob is kind of a specialty item because um you're looking at uh each one of these knobs is 14 to 15 dollars uh-huh so it's probably not ideal if you've got like you know eight pedals on your board and you want to replace every knob with it. <laughs> um, but like I chose the pedal to demo this on that I know I've had ex- exactly live yeah. problems it's with. It's something where like if you this is a known problem for you and you're yeah. looking for a solution. Yeah. Uh this could be your answer for it. I feel like this is like an infomercial episode. <laughs> you know this like I said on a previous episode when we're talking about products that we're either reviewing or have been sent or being paid to advertise. We're not being paid to advertise this. They just yeah. gave us a a product that's you know worth it's yeah. worth fourteen bucks, which is awesome that we got two of them. But it's you know we're not getting paid at all. This is our real review. This yeah, is and, not and a demo. I, this I is will a review. say like the the way the action works, where you have to pull it up to rotate it. Like, have you tried actually using it when it was down on a board to do that? Not yet, but this, the Velcro is strong. It's not going to pull up. I could see like people who use you cheap have, Velcro having you, issues with it. If you have light Velcro, or if you, yeah, I can't. If you don't use a board and you just have your pedal on the floor, you have to brace against it with your finger. Yeah, to you kind of have to brace against it. The gravity of you, you the weight can, of the pedal is not going to be enough. And you can just turn it. I mean, you can turn it without that's that clicking yeah. sound again. Yeah. But then everyone in the front row is going to be like, "What's that click? What the fuck?" <laughs> they also have a product that is nine dollars called the Forget About It tour cap and this is literally a like make it so no one can turn your knob right so if you have an amp or you have a pedal and you need it locked into your studio setting that thing that you dialed in when you recorded you put these on your product your amp your pedal whatever and then you you forget about it Uh, see that's when it sounds like an infomercial this to me like (laughs) that's a no-brainer for like touring guys. Yeah. If you have a locked in thing, you lock in all your, your tone and your other settings, your gain settings on your on your amp, and you just leave the master volume right. to tweak that. And it's like you know that you're gonna have the same thing every time. Mm-hmm. And it I it I'm sure it works on an Allen wrench. If you really need to get at it, you hit the Allen wrench real quick and, yeah. and get it get what you need to do. 
So I have a feeling that these are getting bought up by roadies everywhere. Right. Like this is a total like roadie candy thing. Like, oh, I got to buy a hundred of these for for uh, all my tours this year. You know. So yeah, I'm 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 pretty happy with it. Uh, definitely, I don't have any problems with it at all. I you know with any of this stuff, it's a little bit of a bummer to have the perceived loss of half a degree of tweakability right. because of the way the tweak the teeth work but let's be honest it doesn't really change anything like i'm changing this thing if it was a clock each tooth is a minute on this you know it's not like i'm missing five minutes with each tooth you know right that i mean and that's a good point yeah so there's not really anything you're losing with this. It's it's just protection for your settings. All right. So should we move on and uh, wrap this thing up? Let's wrap it up. Um, the song that we have this week. I think. Are we done with everything? Well, we gotta talk. We gotta thank our sponsor one more time. Oh, that's right. Um, our sponsor this week was Alexander. Yep. Uh, pedals effects. Yeah, and pedal uh, effects. We you've got the golden summer. I do have the golden summer. I was gonna mention that that I have the golden summer. That thing Do you is have the Golden killer. Summer? Oh, it's so good. Such a great, and it's like pretty cheap actually, as far as reverbs go. Yeah, um, I think it was like one eighty. Yeah, I mean it, it's for everything that it does. It's that's a dirt cheap pedal, yeah. not dirt cheap, but it's like that's a completely justifiable price. Yeah, uh, for a an, a reverb that also can be an echo. That also has all these crazy yeah, modulated settings. reverb, shimmer reverb, yeah, and really like delayed a, reverb. I as I played a bunch of shimmer reverbs, mm-hmm. I really liked that shimmer yeah. reverb. It's super cool. I liked that it would go high octave and go low octave if you want. I liked the modulations and stuff. Like just the controls are so intuitive on that thing. The Golden Summer is a great pedal. It's one of the like it's one of the pedals where after I did the demo and then handed the pedal off. <laughs> I like I watched the demo and it's like, oh gosh, I love this pedal. I want to get this pedal. <laughs> like when my own demo sold me on the pedal, you know. <laughs> yeah, there, Alexander has a lot of other great products. Um, I got to mess around a little bit with, um, I think it's called the Silver. Uh-huh. Uh huh. It's their. Uh, it's basically like their Marshall stack pedal. Right. Um, I got to mess around with that at Beers and Gears. That was a really cool. It sounded great. Basically, yeah. it's a Marshall in a box. And that's what it sounds like. Right. So it's not necessarily a sound that I would use. Right. Um, but it sounded good. But if I w- was looking for that Marshall in a box sound and I didn't want to go out and like hunt down like an old uh, JMP or whatever, a JT yeah. LMNOP. <laughs> uh, I'm partial to know, the QRST model uh, myself. The Marshall, I, you know, I think it's basically like a Marshall Jubilee style pedal. Yeah. Um, you know, that would be a great alternative. And they're, so, when the Super Radical hits, mm-hmm. it's going to be nuts. That pedal yeah. is insane. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we're going to demo one. Oh, I hope so. Relatively soon uh, to go along with its official release. They were they were running it through it for us at NAM. To- this thing is... What I can't understand how they got so much stuff into a box, <laughs> and it's like you—they were showing me the stuff where you attach it to MIDI and attach it up to like an iPhone or an iPad to control it, 
and you literally have like a thousand presets you can Jeez. do and you can like tweak every little thing with like an iPad outside of the pedal. Right. It's nuts. If you are someone who wants to just spend your whole life tweaking a delay pedal like this, <laughs> this is going to be the pedal that ends it all for you, you know, and it's just capable of so many crazy sounds. It's a crazy sound maker for sure. Yeah. I can't wait to do the demo. It's going to, it's going to be our first three hour long demo. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it's going to, it's going to have a car chase in the middle. It's going to have credits that roll at the end. It's going to win an Oscar. Oh. Oh, it has to be in a movie theater if it's going to win an Oscar. Yeah, it's going to be the first pedal demo. You have to pay uh, for the IMAX ticket to go oh watch it. Gosh. It's going to be in 3D. <laughs> All right. Um, this week's song was sent by Kent Goldbranson. He's from Norway. Yeah, he is. Um, he's a big listener. He's in the group. And he sent us a song. Uh, excuse me. Uh, he says, this is a track from the upcoming... I don't know how uh, I rarer I R error. It's I. Uh huh. Letter R. Uh huh. E R R O R. I R error. But it's one word. Yeah, I, I have no uh, idea how to pronounce it because we're uh, Americans and we don't don't speak. Uh, but it's their album. Not this language. track is from their album coming up, uh, entitled "In Space, No One Can Hear You Explode." <laughs> um, well, I can understand that. It's their fourth full album. Um, he says that uh, the track, so the track they sent us doesn't have a title, but as we're making intergalactic space noise prog post kraut drone rock, I figured pew pew was an okay working title. Uh, he actually sent us the um, the setup. So he ran a Yamaha SGV800 into a Last Gap Art Laboratory Super Oscillo Fuzz with expression into an MASF Raptio glitch, which is a glitch freeze pedal, into an ear 804046 delay into a vintage Fender basement of sorts. He says, uh, we record from different places, so I'm not sure what cabbie has. Uh, the bass player was using a Fender MIJ Aerodyne into a small sound, big sound, Team Awesome Fuzz machine into a Dr. Scientist BitQuest with expression in dirty ring oh mod mode. Oh my gosh. Into a Trace Elliott GP12 SMX with TE 1x15 and 4x10s. So uh, check this song out. I'm it's crazy. super stoked to play this. Yeah, uh, it was a ton of fun to listen to. It's it's a pretty long jam, but like I think it's one of those things where at the end you're like, oh, can I just rewind? Like, <laughs> dude, like I don't want to listen to the whole podcast again because Ryan and Steve are dorks. Yeah, and they keep. But I just want to hear this song. <laughs> I mean, Steve and Ryan and Steve are basically dorks. Uh, <laughs> I I gotta say, Yamaha SGV 800. It's on my list. That's, it's like one of your dream guitars. That's a guitar I've been on the lookout for for like a good deal for a while. Yeah. So it really it comes down to color. I need to get lined up with a good deal and the right color. Gold. Well, you know, I just don't want blue or black, basically. Right. I'd settle for red. What about green? I don't like the dark green. I feel like I've seen them in like They come green. in like a dark forest green. But basically, I don't want... It, basically. I don't want a... <laughs> uh, I don't want a guitar that's so dark that it disappears on stage. I like brighter colors. So that's my whole hang up. It's not the actual color blue. Hey, I like light blues. Hey Ryan. Let's play the song. Play the song. Okay. See you guys next week. Bye. <laughs> 